Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vasquez and co-host Aisha Kreutz. A starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Bienvenidos al show Next Steps, where we're creating starting points of discussion y giving un poco de dirección. Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Peter Vasquez, and... Aisha Kreutz. ¿Cómo estás, mi hermana Aisha? Muy bien, ¿y tú? Ahí, ahí, siempre en la lucha, siempre en la lucha, pero estoy bien. Oh. Now, what always, did I say? You said always something. <laughs> said I'm, I'm, almost, I'm always in the fight, always but I'm doing fight. well. Dang it, man. But I am doing it well. It was the fight I couldn't figure you out. You guys are leaving me behind. I, I, you know, it's 1966 was the last French I took. Ah, yeah, I, I don't, oui, don't remember much of it at oui, all. Oui. <laughs> Le plume. <laughs> Le plume. You guys remember the Le Car back in the, I think it was the early 80s. Yeah, the really Renault. Small, the, yeah, yeah, a little bitty. A little thing. Damn. Well, now we got, what, the Spark? What is that? Oh, that there's little so electric many little car. cars It now. looks like a motorcycle with the... Oh, okay. You know I, what I'm talking about? No, but that's okay. It's yeah. a lot smaller than than that. They're I don't know. The Le Car was was an interesting car, especially for the '80s. It was the first and only little f French car in the area. Anyways, a couple of shows ago, we had a we had a contest. Last week, we got so caught up in our in our in our show that I forgot to mention who won. <laughs> so, to to remind our listeners, it, the the contest was to let us know or to tell us what was the shortest verse in the Bible. And we got a winner. But before we say who the winner is, what is the shortest verse in the Bible? Because I remember when I announced that you were bursting to give the answer, Aisha. He wept. He wept. Oh, man. On one of these shows, we'll talk about what that means. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Well, the winner is Xavier from Rochester, New York. Xavier, you're going to get your gift card. We'll be meeting up. I look forward to meeting you in person. All right. You know, we got to start having some of these winners on the show. At least even if we call him in and say, hey, thanks for playing. Yeah. Or at least call him on the phone. Or yeah. call him on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. Well, for our next contest, our next contest. So our next contest is going to be a little bit more difficult. Slightly more difficult, right? So tonight, tonight's the night, Aisha. Oh, yeah. October 22nd. Yep. So tonight, the Next Step Show is, is sponsoring a harvest party at Tropics. So... The contest is this. The first person to show up there to tell Aisha and I the name of all the guests, all 13 guests. Today is our 13th show, including today. The first person to let us know who all the 13 guests that have come on the Next Step show will get in for free and receive a T-shirt that was designed by our very own Aisha Kreutz. All right. Uh, not to be a party pooper, but you know the show doesn't air till tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow night. Oh, oh, oh it's, it's tonight. Well, we're recording on Friday. Yeah. Ten twenty second tomorrow night is Tropics. Oh, is the I, th I thought party. you told me it was tonight. No, no. I was trying to stay with the recording. <laughs> See, you know, this, but, this is not going to work because <laughs> we're the only four people that could enter. <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah, we set it up. No. And, and, and to that point, if you are on the show. Right or an employee of YSL or an advertiser or one of my family members, Chris. Sorry, you can't play. Or my family member. Right, right. not eligible. If, not if, eligible. You, if, if you try to do that, if you if you try to violate this rule, Aisha will spank you. Oh, come on, uh, now uh, we're okay. Now we're gonna really? get a lot. Thanks, Bob. Thank you so much. 
Sponsored the by the price. Next Step Show, Harvest Party, to, uh, <laughs> uh, October 22nd, Saturday, which would be tonight if you're hearing this show t- uh, at Tropics on Lake Avenue by the Beats. It is being uh, DJed by DJ Dave of Sound Memories. If you need a good DJ, call DJ Dave at 585-233-1977. Guys, there's only 18 days left before the election. I can't believe it. Man. I Thank know. goodness. And we've got some really important races going on out there. I know we always say this every year, but listening to the incumbents, we seriously have some important races this year. Yeah. I mean, Hoko has pretty much said, reelect me and we'll lock New York down again. Well, she also said that uh, God is on the side of abortion, too. Yes, she did. <laughs> it's just funny. Well, to be fair, though. Did she say which God she was referring no. to? No. Okay. That is true. So, you know, God with a little G, Satan, you know. Hey. Yeah, she, yeah. You know, she she didn't mention. I'm just saying. No, you're right? right. You're totally right. I, I got to give her, you know, a little bit of girth there. Right? But speaking of Hogel and lockdowns and everything else, right, because we just had, I don't know if people realize, so over the last couple of days, CDC had been going and doing... Um, information and, you know, like looking at the the COVID vaccine as uh, whether it should be added to the children's schedule mm-hmm. um, of vaccines, which they voted for it unanimously. Isn't that, isn't that a shocker? How I know. could that possibly have happened? Yeah. How could it? Right. And now in New York. So, again, just to be clear, in New York, we have a government which severely, you know, mandating uh, vaccines, right? So they didn't mandate it. They just put it on the schedule, which is evil and crazy enough that they would even put on put it on there. Well, that was but a precursor to, to, to now, mandating it for right. kids. But now, right, depending on your state and the laws and what is going to happen, do not think for a second that someone like Hochul is not going to try to push for it to be mandated for your kids to go to school. And, well, it's already and, the law in New York. The, the, the state well, has adopted the CDC guidance. So right. But, right? No, no, no. But, yeah, but th- that is just on the schedule to go to school, but it's not a mandated one. So there's some vaccines that um, you that aren't mandated, like HPV is on there, but you don't have to do it, right, at this point. Not saying that, I mean, they want to and they have tried. There was enough pushback, like with the HPV, that you know. Yeah, but you don't seriously happen, so. think that they're gonna that they're they're not gonna put COVID on the list. Oh, I'm not. Say- well, that's what I'm saying. That elections have consequences. We have 18 days, and people just should really be aware that there are a lot of very serious things that are going on right now. So, you know. Absolutely. So, with that being said. We have 18 days left in the election, and we really need to make sure that we're looking closely at who we're voting for and vote educated, right? It isn't about party politics. It's about the individual that we're putting in the office, their qualifications. But, you know, one of the seats that tend uh, – one of the seats – one of the races that tend to get ignored are judicial races. Mm-hmm. Now, today we have the – well, I have the privilege, right, uh, to again bring on a family court candidate. And, ladies and gentlemen, we have invited – all candidates on both sides of the aisle to come in on our show. Absolutely. We even had a libertarian candidate running for governor on our show recently who, who agreed to come on. A phenomenal guy. So so today we've re-invited uh, Christine Dimo Vasquez, who's a candidate for the family for Monroe County Family Court judge, and she is also she's also my beautiful bride. Or like I like to say, she's my angel, right? 
She does. I could see What's her wings. What's this look on her face? What is this all about? Oh, she hates when I say that. But you know, though, anybody that has tolerated me for nearly two decades, they've earned their, they've earned their wings. That is for darn sure. Christine, welcome back to the Next Step Show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> oh, the pleasure is mine. The pleasure is mine. So, Chris, uh, for our listeners who haven't heard you on the show yet... Um, why don't you tell them a little bit about who you are, where you came from, um, and and really, why are you running? Uh, briefly, because I got a, a bunch of questions. This isn't going to be an easy one, just because, ladies and gentlemen, she may be my wife, but she is a candidate, and I want to make sure that, um, you know, people understand that, you know, we, we've got to vote people in because they are the right candidates, not because they're your best friend or your brother, or in my case, my spouse, but because they're qualified. So ladies and gentlemen, please take a listen to today's show um, and learn a little bit about the family court and learn a lot about why Christine is going to be the best next family court judge that we have. So a little bit about you, where you came from and why you want to go where you're going. Sure. So I was uh, born and raised in Henrietta. And I have lived in... Mike, turn your headphones down just a little bit there so we don't feed back on you. And uh, I live and run my law practice there as well. And I was a teen mom. I was a single mom for a period of time. I worked my way through college starting at MCC. And I graduated with my uh, bachelor's degree from SUNY Brockport. I went to law school at New England School of Law in Boston when my son was about five uh, and I was heading to law school. We packed up and moved to Boston, just the two of us. We didn't know anybody. We didn't uh, have any family or friends there, and we just kind of started uh, started new. Can I jump in here and ask you, sure. what was it like having a five-year-old and going to law school? I mean, going to law school uh, was, was not easy. Yeah, part of the challenge that I had on that is that, you know, we didn't know anybody. So he was just starting kindergarten. I was just starting law school. We, I was working. I had to work through college. So, you know, that was an obstacle. And, you know, getting daycare and finding people that you trust to watch your kid while you're in a different state. So it was all very challenging. I, you know, I feel like we really learned a lot. We grew, both of us. Uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, going through that process. But at the time, looking back, it, it was definitely a challenge that, uh, you know, some days I didn't know how we would get through and how, you know, we would make it through those. Four. I did a part-time program, so it was a four-year program. Yeah. I, mean, well, I didn't know there was a part-time program, but I mean, you're, you're in contracts one, and, you know, the professors basically wage war, psychological <laughs> warfare, uh, psyops on for, on one else, uh, first-year law stu- school. You ever seen the paper chase? Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty accurate. That's that's what happens. What law school did you go to? University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Knoxville, you said that. Yeah, gotcha. Interesting. You yeah, know, I almost did you know, law it's... school once, but I figured, hey, I'll do an MBA. Kind of wish I did, though. Sounds like fun. Oh, you lawyers. Yeah, it's not fun. Anyways, it's a lot of work. You were saying? No, oh, no, I was just going to say it's kind of, you know, and everything that I do, it's just never ending. So, you know, we would go through the process. I, you know, would study at night after he's in bed and just do what I got to do and, you know, and get it done. Must not have slept. Kind of like right now. There's not much, not much sleeping to do. not foreign for you. You just no. do what it is. You got it. When I was a single mom, I look back on I mean, not anymore. But I look back on it, and I'm like, how did I do all of the things, right? And some when you have a journey in mind, not 
a end destination in mind. When you are on a journey, you do the things that you have to do in order to get it done, right? And some people have the tenacity to do it and some people don't, right? And Yeah, more people uh, drop out than flunk out, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah a lot of people do. Just Same say, with Cornell. Know, not that for me. Yeah, like, like Cornell, like out of all the Ivy League schools, they um, accept the most people, but they also, but more, but more people flunk out or drop out than any other Ivy League school. It's probably the Ithaca winners. <laughs> yeah. People from California, <laughs> yeah, right. That yeah, California, New Mexico. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. So why the family court? So fam- I've always been interested in helping families and children. I think when I was in high school, I did some different um, programs, and it's just something that has always been important to me. So I had a lot of friends who were dealing with different situations, although I had my own situations, but, you know, helping people when I could through those issues and problems that they were facing. Uh, it's just always something that's been important to me. And then through, you know, going to law school, I knew that I wanted to do divorce and to do family law cases. That's just where my heart has always been on uh, helping people through really the most challenging times of their life. Now, tell me something. I've, I, I know you do a lot of work. I mean, I, I see kind of where you go all the time, some of the places you go to make me cringe. Um, but when you're working out in the field, when you're visiting children and families and you're doing your job, um, are you specifically mostly in the city? Are you out in rural areas? I mean, do, do, do you see the same issues in the different areas that you go to? So I handle cases from uh, Monroe County, Livingston County, Ontario, Wayne, Genesee, um, so different counties, you know, there's different issues wherever I go. I go to the inner city to the outer counties. And so there's a lot of poverty everywhere that I go. There's just different issues that children and families are facing. And meeting people where they are is really important to me. So trying to you know, go to the children or go, I'll meet clients at uh, places other than my office sometimes uh, just because they don't have the ability to get to my office. And so, you know, it's important for me to be accessible to people and to help people where they are. Do you do uh, legal aid uh, cases? Do, do so you? I do. I am on the panel for the assigned counsel panel, the attorney for the child uh, panel, and also the pro bono attorney panel through um, Just Cause. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, so, good for you. So, 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 so you know what? There's people running for Supreme Court. You're running for family court. I know there's like a county court. How does family court compare to all these different courts? I mean, why don't we just – I've always wondered. Why isn't there just one court where we – have justices that hear to different matters. How, how does family court differ? So family court hears issues pertaining to families and children. So custody and visitation, child support, paternity, abuse and neglect cases, juvenile delinquency cases, uh, guardianships, adoptions. So the family court is specific in dealing with those types of issues. Specifically parents and children. All right. Um, are there any other courts within the family court? I hear like, like uh, I don't know, what is that, DV court or domestic violence court or stuff like that. I mean, is there other courts within the family court system? So there's different types of 
judges that hear cases. So one I didn't mention was the orders of protection cases or family offense petitions. So typically those would go to a referee. Um, child support cases will typically go uh, to a support magistrate. Uh, paternity cases usually start off with a support magistrate. So there's different uh different judges that they are directed to, but ultimately they can all come back to the family court judge to make those decisions. Are So, you know, you were talking about going to the various, you know, sometimes you have to meet people in different areas, you know, for, for whatever reason they can't get there. But so as an attorney, I mean, it almost sounds like there's like, I don't know, a counselor too, right? Like that you... You know, like you're ministering to people in some way. Is that part of what, I mean, not not necessarily what the job description is, because I know, I mean, dealing with attorneys, I know sometimes it's just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am type of thing. But is that something that you do? Yeah, or, I mean, I, you know, I think even on my business card, I have attorney and counselor at law because really okay. that's part, especially in family and divorce cases. You know, we're we're counseling people on the law, but also there's a um, the human side of that. These types of cases that we're talking about in the family court are cases that impact people's lives potentially forever. And so we're guiding them through this process, giving them legal advice and also trying to help them make decisions that is going to create a positive impact for them, but also allow them to move on with their life and not have to, you know, continue through the family court system over and over again. And is that is that going to be the same? I mean, how much how does that transfer over to judge? Do you get that type of interaction as well or not really? It's just more. Yeah, so the interact- interaction is definitely a little different. You know, ultimately, if the case, if the parties can't come to some resolution, the judge is the final decision maker after hearing all of the evidence and proofs and witnesses uh, that are going to, you know, be involved in that trial. So, but, you know, it's always been really important to me to, when I, you know, when I am meeting with clients, to try to talk to them about the final resolution about, you know, how can we keep this out of court? What decisions can we make so that we're not going in front of the judge? I think anytime somebody has control over their decisions, Mm -hmm. it's going to have a bigger impact on them. And so that's what the judges are there for. The judges can make the decisions, but having the parties have that control, or at least some control over their decisions is, is always going to be better for them. In my opinion, do judges usually tell people, Hey, you're coming before me or I don't know, you're going to have a trial, you're going to do whatever, maybe you should go back to mediation and see if you can resolve that. Like, is that in the purview of a judge or no, it's just you get here and... No, I think that, so the the court can always refer cases to mediation. They do have programs that would allow people to go through mediation through the court system. Um, but the judges can also help facilitate a settlement. So, you know, encourage okay. a settlement. Uh, and then ultimately, again, it's, you know, even as an attorney, my job is to advise my clients and tell them their options and their obligations and their rights. And their job is to decide whether they what what, what they, they want to do, do, what the final resolution is going to be. And so, you know, when they can't make that final decision, then that's where the judge comes in. Do you think that if a case involving youth handled properly at the family court could help provide a path towards success for that youth, you know, 
or the trauma, the different, you know. Yeah, I think we need to look at these issues and the, you know, the parties that are coming before the court. We need to look at, think outside the box and look at in a holistic approach because there's different traumas and uh, different things that people have gone through that have put them in the position or that have, you know, that they're there because of the things that have happened to them. And so how can we help people to move forward with that? There's a lot of underutilized services and programs in Monroe County that I think we can look at, that we can refer people to, that we can try to bring into the family court to help the families through these issues as opposed to just moving them into, you know, the end of their case and getting, you know, getting the case done. We want to try to help people uh, get to that next step for them. That is Christine DiMovesquez, candidate for Monroe County Family Court Judge. Ladies and gentlemen, you are on the Next Step Show with Peter and Aisha. We'll be right back after these few words from our sponsors. On the WYSL stations, 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, AM 1040, always on WYSL1040.com. I'm Christine Demo Vasquez, candidate for Monroe County Family Court Judge. I've been an attorney for more than 18 years. As a wife, mother, and grandmother, family is very important to me. I have represented thousands of mothers, fathers, children, and grandparents. I have handled every type of case that would come before me as a family court judge. I understand the complexities of the family court system and the emotionally driven challenges of family court cases. As your next Monroe County Family Court Judge, I will listen. I will be prepared. I will follow the law. I will make decisions based on the facts and circumstances of each case. And I will always remember that I am dealing with the most important thing in your life, your family. I am Christine Demo Vasquez, and I would be honored to earn your vote on November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Christine Demo Vasquez. Fair tax replaces the income tax and abolishes the IRS for good. But that's not going to happen if the current crop of politicians have their way. Fair tax New York is looking for motivated citizens who are willing to contact candidates and get them to sign the Fair Tax Pledge, promising to push for fair tax if elected. Call Fair Tax New York at 585-944-0588. That's 585-944-0588. Make that call today. Hi, this is attorney Christine Demo Vasquez. For more than 18 years, I've provided quality legal services tailored to the unique needs of each of my clients. I take the time to educate my clients about the law, explain the legal process, listen carefully, answer questions, and keep my clients informed throughout the process. An attorney who understands the complexities of the family court system, call attorney Christine Demo Vasquez at 585-427-0675. 585-427-0675. Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, The Next Step Show. On the WYSL stations. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Next Step Show with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz. In studio, we have my beautiful bride, Christine Dimo Vasquez, who is a candidate for Monroe County Family Court Judge. And don't forget this evening at Tropics. 
We are sponsoring the Harvest Party from 5 to 10 with DJ Dave of Sound Memories. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you there. We will see everybody there. Saturday night. So if, uh, if you're listening on Sunday, you missed it. If you're listening on yeah, Sunday, right. you missed it. Yeah, we're trying to figure out how to put that in without it impacting Sunday, but... Yeah, just like that. <laughs> um, so, I, we were when we left, um, I, Chris, you were talking about a couple of things, but it made me think about, right, like, how does someone end up in the family court? Um, so, I mean, I grew up pretty rough. You know, my mom uh, killed someone. I never, you know, again, we had a very tumultuous childhood but you know i didn't end up in the family court right my my grandmother wound up getting me and stuff like that but so i mean how does that happen what's the process or why are some people in some people aren't what's so typically if someone wants to go through the family court system they're going to file a petition and that petition would be processed a judge would be assigned and a court date issued so other things where they don't really have a choice could be like an abuse and neglect case or a juvenile delinquency case. Um, but for the most part, somebody is petitioning the court uh, to to get into court. And and in the case of like neglect, abuse, different things like that, you don't, you know, again, attorneys, judges, they have nothing to do with that. That's just all right, going to come through CPS, whatever. So if they see that, then it's going to come through. Is that process the same? Um as if I'm, right, like, I guess, divorce or no? So that- they can file a petition with the court under, you know, an abuse and neglect case. And the same process, they would get assigned a judge, get assigned a court date. Gotcha. And you were a, you were a teen mom, a uh, single mom who worked, you know, as we talked about, to get through your goals, right? Um, how would that play into your role as a judge if... So I think that I have just my experiences in general have my, you know, my childhood, my family relationships. Um, you know, we have five kids. We're a blended family. So I'm a stepmom. I have a grandson for about 10 years. Uh, well, my mother has always lived with us, but for about 10 years, my stepmother lived with us. Uh, my mother-in-law lived with us as well. And so we have. I just have a very diverse background that allows me to see things, I believe, from, from very different perspectives. So not only my family background, but then also, uh, you know, in, in being an attorney, I have represented every type of person, whether it's petitioner, respondent, interested party, children. I've represented everybody that would go through the family court system. And I've also handled every type of case that would come before a family court judge. So I think I have unique qualifications that puts me in a position of just being able to understand the different perspectives and also understanding what people are going through as they're going through the family court system. Absolutely. And that must be, um, I mean, you've said it before, the court is a very emotional court. Right, it's a very complex court. You're dealing with uh, uh, issues where once you issue a decision, it's going to impact the really the development of that child and, and that family in general, that family unit, right? So I, I'm curious. I mean, if if a case, especially a case involving a youth, whatever the situation may be, right, especially with troubled youth, if if the if the case was handled appropriately in the family court. I'd hate. I have to assume 
um, that that would set the child in a positive path to where he or she would be able to not only see what they're able to accomplish, um, but also the path um, uh, that they would need to, uh, to achieve that success. Would you agree with that? So absolutely. I mean, there's so many different aspects of a case that come into play. And so, you know, whether a case is handled appropriately, obviously, is very subjective. Um, but, you know, I can't control what other people are doing through the family court. But things that are really important to me are to listen to everybody that comes before me to be prepared to understand the case, to follow the law, and to make decisions based on the facts and circumstances of each case. What's your favorite thing about practicing law, Christine? I really enjoy the the people. I like helping people, guiding people through these really challenging situations. And, you know, I, I think always think sometimes, well, it would be so much easier if I, you know, did real estate or did contracts or something. But I really enjoy the human aspect of what I'm dealing with, who I'm dealing with and the issues that they're going through and trying to make their process, this process that may be the most challenging process for them, at least at that particular time, a little easier and to help them, you know, as best as I can. I'm sure you realize that, uh, you know, you're sitting on the bench in family court. Uh, situations are going to come along where it's like compromising King Solomon, right? You're gonna, how are we going to split this baby right down the middle? And sometimes you're going to have to be kind of innovative about that and uh, be fast on your feet. Uh, does does that doing that kind of thing? Is that role? Does that appeal to you? It does. I think it's a really important role. I think it's we, and that's why we need people who understand the complexities of the family court system and the emotionally driven driven challenges of family court cases. And so we need people who are able to be uh, to make these decisions when they need to make these decisions, and uh, you know, understanding that this decision that they're making is going to impact this family. For potentially forever. And you like uh, the, the, the prospect of finding innovative solutions to that kind of thing? I do. I'm a solutions-based – I consider myself a very solutions-based person. I would like to figure out what are we going to do to help this family and not just, again, push them through to the next step of whatever, you know, whatever that's going to be. And I think sometimes that's thinking out of the box. You know, we can't just keep doing the same thing that we've been doing because that doesn't work. And so what can we do with this specific family to help them through this process? So like the Oprah of judges or something been through all the you know oprah and whenever she'd have the new people on she was always like i've been through that i've been through that christine's not going to be giving everybody a car though in the, no, uh, in the courtroom. no you know what i that's not i know saying. i know i just bet you know when she was talking i'm like oh right when oprah came on as like a talk show host right it was she was just a little different right the way that she would break i mean you're not black well, not oh, on the outside, on the inside. You could be trans black. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she identifies real. as she could be <laughs> identify as black. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Christine's, Christine's like, got it covering her eyes I and know, shaking her head now. Well, I'm just saying, you know, we she's you know 
Judge Oprah. Sorry. Judge Oprah. No, but you know what? I do believe that having judges that under, really having leaders in general, but having judges that have, that understand both sides, not just one specific part of the, of the judicial system is so important. I mean, how can you possibly pass a judgment on someone based on the facts when you have no clue what's going on or how, you know, how, how the other side has ever had to deal with that? I think that's so important and unique. Chris talks a lot about, uh, you know, that court being complex. And I think uh, what Bob, what you had asked her, uh, kind of shows that the complexities behind it, the different emotions, the different laws that have to be applied and uh, in, 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 in high stakes emotionally uh, uh, decisions. So, Chris, I'm, I'm just curious. You know, I know that uh, the family court you mentioned earlier deals with uh, predominantly or exclusively with children uh, and their parents. Right. Families, uh, not necessarily just parents, but families. Like children and families. Well, what do you mean by family? Describe that. Aunts, uncles, grand. I mean, what do you mean by families? A family can be pretty big. So it could be anybody that's coming through the family court system looking for custody. It could be in an abuse and neglect case where you have a family placement for the children at the, you know, the parents aren't able to take care of them at that time. So it could be anybody and it could be a, a non-family member. Sometimes non-family members file for, mm. you know, it could be adoption. It could be um, guardianship. I mean, there's just lots of, it's not exclusive to just parents. So tell me, how, for, for our listeners, right? Let's say that uh, let's say that Uncle Bob is 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 observing something that just isn't right and has for a while, uh, you know, with uh, with his neighbor's kids, right? We know that he knows that that neighbor is limited in resources as far as support uh, from family members. He wants to do something about it. What can he do? What does he do? What are his options to help that child, if any? He's just a neighbor. You said even a non-family member can 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 potentially submit something to the court. What is that? So in a situation like that, it sounds like that's something that would be better dealt with outside of the family court. And like you know, CPS as thing? Uh, no, I I wouldn't necessarily say it would be a CPS case. I think you know if somebody wants to help people, I think they can do that without involving the family court system or without involving CPS. Um, you know you. Going through what I was referring to is, you know, if a parent, for an example, you know, if a parent were to pass away and somebody has been taking care of the child and so, you know, they would file a guardianship petition or, you know, something like that where there's, you know, a clear indication that the parents can't take care of the child for whatever reason, uh, you know, somebody else can step in. But there, there's there's a lot of rules around that and showing, you know, extraordinary circumstances. Somebody can't just step in and say, you know, I want to take care of your child. You have to show <laughs> extraordinary circumstances as to why, you know, the parent can't and why that other person should. So it's just there's a lot more involved in in that, and I think that you know the situation that you're describing is more of a you know just let's personal, help people. Right. It's personal. We don't need to necessarily get the court or other people involved in that. And I'm not suggesting that people can't do that, but that sounds like. But the family court system isn't set up some random neighbor who who decide kind of like the what is it the red flag laws that they have out <laughs> there that the neighbors can you know they don't agree with something they can call and say they have a concern kind of so it's that family court isn't like that well i, I think it's probably due process right. in the family court <laughs> unless i'm misapprehending something here right so far let's let's keep it that way right um are, are there you know i hear are there things like grandparent laws in new york like as far as like 
I don't know, almost, well, there was a time when I was estranged with my mom. And, you know, if all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm the grandma and you're not letting me see my kid. Like, is there, are there laws like that in New York or no? So New York does have grandparents laws. A grandparent can file um, if they can show that they have an established relationship with the child, the court can order grandparent visitation. Okay. So they have to already have been involved. It couldn't be like, oh, hey, I haven't seen my daughter in 20 years, and now she has a kid, and I want to see my grandkid. And or, or I mean, so I know again, it's different. I know, sorry. It's probably a silly question. Lots involved in that, but for the most part, the law says you need to have an established relationship with the child. Gotcha. So grandparents have some, a little bit of, you know, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that on a personal level. I'm like, now oh, that we're you grandparents, know. that becomes more I relevant. Oh, yes. That's why. Not that my kids are trying to keep my grandkids from me, but, you know, I have thought about that. I'm like, oh, Just in case. some of my, well, no, I have some friends that, you know. Aisha, are, you're planning ahead? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. No, I have, well, again, in. in, in you'll be warned, she in has an attorney. In my role, <laughs> in my role, right? I mean, I minister to people in a different, you know, as a chaplain. And so I hear a lot of different issues with people and, and their families and have and trying to help them manage it. Um, before they get to court usually. Um, and so, you know, that is, that's one that comes up a lot, you know, where people are, you know, and, and trying to help them mitigate it. And I never really thought about it because I wasn't a grandparent. You know, my grand, my oldest now is almost two. And I'm like, wow, like how hard that must be. Oh, I, I just couldn't even, even imagine. imagine. <laughs> right. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Christine Dima Vasquez, candidate for Monroe County Family Court Judge. Chris, along those those same lines, and 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 I, I mean, I guess I kind of know the answer to this, dealing with it um, myself. But I too am a chaplain, and I too have counseled over the years, and 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 I've counseled you know many men. And one of the frustrations that some of the guys that I've counseled over the, over the years has been uh, as a step parent. Um, and in, and in some cases, and, and really, and in, in even in my own case, at one point, I was. Um, you know, the sole custodial parent for uh, for my stepdaughter. Are there any step-parent rights, per se? I mean, my situation was a little bit more unique where there wasn't another parent. Um, but are there step-parent rights? I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I know that some other states have, like, that common law stuff. There really are not rights for step-parents. Again, you know, if there's issues of inability to take care of the children, then that could be someone who steps in to you know, take over that parental role. Um, but there really are not a specific rights to, uh, you know, to the child. So, so along those same lines, you know, a, a, a couple is married um, and, and, you know, the worst happens and the, uh, the biological parent passes away, but there's no wills or no adoptions in place at that time. Um, does the step parent have a, any rights at that time, especially if there's not another parent? Or is that a case-by-case so, case thing? Yeah, and that could be something where they could file a petition to go into court to, go. to uh, ask the court to consider them as the parental. Um, the, right, instead of, like, like if the grandparent or something like that came. That, I mean, like, that, it is, right? Family court, it is. There are so many different possibilities in family court, um, and I think... When, when I look at all of the people that I know, I mean, I've, I know people have gone through family court and it's been great. You know, uh, they've had really um, 
I, I don't know, like maybe say fair, where they think that everything went great. Typically, those are the people that win. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, but there's also right a lot of people that have a lot of issues with the family court, and I think family court gets overlooked a lot. You know, we were talking about just judges. I mean, I think judge races in general get overlooked a lot. But when we talk about kind of the mess that we are in as a society. So important. Right. Like the importance of putting people in place on these courts that really are going to look at the totality of a family and everything that is going on. Um, Again, I have... Or are supposed to, at least. Right. And and there's people that I know that have, I mean, again, you have to switch lawyers, right, midstream, because they're like, they're not even doing what somebody thinks that they should do, you know? So, yeah, we really should um, just make sure that we're considering that as you are listening right now to WYSL, The Voice of Liberty. And Aisha Kreitz and Peter Vasquez on the Next Step Show. Don't forget um, that tonight at 5 o'clock to come out to Tropics and hear DJ Dave Sound Memories at 5. If you want to book him, you can book him at 585-233-1977. Christine Demo Vasquez, candidate for Monroe County Family Court Judge. I've been an attorney for more than 18 years. As a wife, mother, and grandmother, family is very important to me. I have represented thousands of mothers, fathers, children, and grandparents. I have handled every type of case that would come before me as a family court judge. I understand the complexities of the family court system and the emotionally driven challenges of family court cases. As your next Monroe County Family Court Judge, I will listen. I will be prepared. I will follow. Follow the law. I will make decisions based on the facts and circumstances of each case. And I will always remember that I am dealing with the most important thing in your life, your family. I am Christine Demo Vasquez, and I would be honored to earn your vote on November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Christine Demo Vasquez. fair tax replaces the income tax and abolishes the IRS for good. But that's not going to happen if the current crop of politicians have their way. Fair tax New York is looking for motivated citizens who are willing to contact candidates and get them to sign the fair tax pledge promising to push for fair tax if elected. Call fair tax New York at 585-944-0588. That's 585-944-0588. Make that call today. Hi, this is attorney Christine Demo Vasquez. For more than 18 years, I've provided quality legal services tailored to the unique needs of each of my clients. I take the time to educate my clients about the law, explain the legal process, listen carefully, answer questions, and keep my clients informed throughout the process. An attorney who understands the complexities of the family court system, call attorney Christine Demo Vasquez at 585-427-0675. 585-427-0675. Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, the next step show. On the WYSL stations. Yeah. It's dead in this town. You know? Welcome back to the next step show with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with us. 
We have Christine DiMovesquez, candidate for Monroe County Family Court Judge. Christine, thank you for being with us today. I have one more question for you that I think is a very important question. So you are, right, and I know this, and you've shared with our listeners, you, you were a teen mom, you were a single mom, you worked hard, you, 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 you achieved your goal of, uh, of earning a Juris Doctorate, and you surely did earn that. So for our listeners, right, what advice could you give to young ladies and men, right, who are considering a career in law, all right, um, or want to, but don't think that they can, because you were told many times you won't get anywhere beyond what you saw in front of you, kind of like I was. Yeah, I had lots of people tell me that I wouldn't graduate from high school or I wouldn't graduate from college or I could never make it through law school or I could never make it through the through the bar exam. I could never, you know, move out of state with my son and, you know, do those things. And so, you know, looking back, looking back at that is really frustrating because, you know, at the time it, it really pulled me down and made me think about everything that I was doing. But looking back, I, I really don't understand why adults or other people would tell kids, people who, who want to do more, who want more in their life, that they can't do it. And that really is frustrating to me. I think it's really important that we build people up, that Absolutely. we show people that they have potential. If somebody wants to do something, they can do it. I didn't think I could make it through law school. I didn't think that I could pass the bar exam. And I did it. If I can do it, I believe that anybody can do it. It just takes hard work, time, and passion. If you want to do it, you can do it. And so I am always going to be someone who is going to encourage other people, uh, regardless of what their goals are, because they are attainable. They can achieve them. They need people to push them. They need people to back them up, not people to uh, bring them down and hold them back. And and what were some of the things that you might have, you know, just piggybacking on that a little bit, right? Like, what were some of the things that you would have to tell yourself or do in order to maybe push through those times where you're like, I just cannot do this, right? Single mom going through law school. I cannot imagine. There were not times when you're like, what am I thinking? I'm so done. I can't do this. So how... Or, you know, what advice do you give to those people who, I mean, might be in that point listening to you right now, but in general as well? And poverty was an issue when you were younger. It's not like you were yeah. born with a silver spoon, correct? No, I mean, definitely not. Uh, you know, as I said, I've worked for everything that I have. I, I didn't have a trust fund. I worked my way through college. I, you know, had student loans and, uh, you know, everything. I, you know, I remember one time being in Boston and I was working um, and we were living about 45 minutes away from the city. I was going to school in Boston and uh, I was running late or there was traffic or there was some delay. And so my son, Brandon, who is 30 now and may kill me for saying this story, but, <laughs> you know, he was getting out of school and uh, nobody was there to get him off of the bus. And so, again, I didn't know anybody there. Um, I had, you know, a neighbor that we met at the apartment complex where we were living. Um, but, you know, it was just kind of like that panic of I literally have nobody here who is going to get my son off of the bus. And so 
thankfully, you know, it was just a couple of minutes and I got there and it, it was fine. The neighbor happened to be home and, you know, just stayed with him until I got there. But it's that feeling of that panic of I can't be there for my kid and he needs me there. And so, you know, it's kind of like, how do you, how do you push through that? And Mm -hmm. so, you know, there were times where I was like, this is just not worth it. The time that it's taking away from everything else that, you know, I want to do the time that it took away from him. You know, I love to say, you know, that it didn't, it didn't do those things, but realistically working and going to school. And even though it was a part-time program, it's essentially a full-time, you know, two full-time jobs. And so, you know, I've always felt like, you know, I've lost some time for that, you know, always trying to do something more, be something, uh, you know, try to reach my goals as best as I can, but it does take away from the other things that you're doing. And sometimes you have to, you know, weigh that out. Is that worth it for you? Well, I like to look at the big picture. I like to look at Mm -hmm. the long run. And so what is that provided? Well, I love my job. It's provided opportunities for my kids, for my family. It's allowed me to you know, being self-employed to have a bit more of a a fluid schedule, a schedule that I can control a little bit. Um, You know, and even though I I work a lot, I try to make accommodations and try to do everything that I can do with my family or for my family. But it was really hard to get to that point. And it's taken a lot and it's taken, you know, a lot of things away Uh, You know, I didn't have as much time with my kids when they were younger and things that, you know, I wish that I did. I can't change that. So I try to, again, to always look forward and see what I can do here and how I can help other people who have goals and things that they want to do in their life, but don't know how to do it. Well, and and, I mean, that's like building any business, right? People think that uh, being a self-employed business owner, entrepreneur, anything that it can be easy, right? They're like, oh, they people see the end product and go, oh, look everything is great but they don't necessarily see all the hard work that went beforehand and especially i think in today's day and age everybody's like they want that immediate um perfected life right and it's like i just finished school that means everything but even afterwards right i mean i think your family is amazing i love your kids um you know again all of the dynamics of your family are just so intricate and and how you and peter are able to manage that i think is beautiful um and again you you've raised some great kids but people don't see that hard work and saying hey how i had to manage through that and i i mean i do think that is something that makes people good not only counselors ministers judges attorneys so that you're not just going into something and going oh hey this is another case. Oh, there's my money. See you later. Like Bye. Production line. Right. But instead, it's like, hey, this is, um, you know, I'm going to repeat kind of what you said, but this is something that is somebody's life. And I know as a chaplain, as a minister, right, that's one of the things that I love to be able to do that through all of the things that I had to go through that I get to give back. And this is kind of like you saying, this is your way to give back. I did all of those things. Now, you can do that too and handing that off to even the next generation and and have that impact on their lives uh, in Absolutely. your way, how God has called you to do. so. A, a judge with the heart of a servant. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to The Next Step Show with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Croix. In studio, we have Christine Dimo Vasquez, candidate for Monroe County Family Court Judge. Chris, thank you for coming on the show today. I truly appreciate you taking the time. I know today is a Johnny Day, and uh, and, and I know... 
how hard it is to be able to, you know, to take the time to do this on days like this. How can our listeners get a hold of you, learn more about you, um, just a little contact info or anything else you got to say real yeah, quick? My email is Christine at ChristineForFamilyCourt.com. That's Christine with a K. They can reach me by phone at 880-7579 or the website uh, Christine for familycourt.com. Gotcha. And there's a Facebook, right? They can reach all yes, that. Ladies Facebook. and gentlemen, thank you for uh, listening uh, in today with Christine. Th- thank you for thank coming. You. Yeah, and they can donate too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they can I didn't donate know at the. They can donate to judge candidates, but I know they don't get a lot of money. Yep, so, like so, so judges can't ask for money or anything like that, but, you know, I can. So, <laughs> yes, her max is 24000 ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can donate at christine4familycourt.com. Thank you again, Christine. I'll see you later, alligator. Thanks for having me. Now. Free Soup with Aisha Kreutz. Good for the soul, good for liberty. So Matthew 16 says, He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and luring. O O ye hypocrites, that ye can discern the face of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the times in jude 22 it says rebuke some who are who are disputing save others snatching them out of the fire and yet others show mercy but with fear hating even the clothes stained by their vices some people are more concerned with things like climate change than if their friend is going to heaven or hell or caring more if someone can smoke pot or legally overdose than the life of an innocent child being ripped apart piece by piece. Don't major in the minors. Learn to discern the times. All souls matter. All souls matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the Next Step Show with Peter and Aisha, right? On the WYSL stations, the Voice of Liberties, right? We are the only Black and brown conservative radio talk show hosts in the listening area. Guys, don't forget, tonight, October 22nd, that's a Saturday, not Sunday night, that's a Saturday, at Tropics over on Lake Avenue by the beach from 5 to 10 with DJ Dave of Sound Memories. And Sheree Stuhler. And Sheree Stuhler and Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, right? Hey, if you need a DJ, check out our DJ, DJ Dave. Give him a call, 233-1977. And hey, if you want to advertise with us, you want to leave a comment, call the stations, 346-3000. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Until next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, but who you got coming up in guests? you have those uh, slated yet? or uh, Next hey. week is just going to be Aisha and I. Oh, really? We decided we're going to take a show... Not the last show before the elections. We're going to save that open in case any of the other candidates from the other side or anybody who hasn't responded wants to come on, right? So next week, it's going to be Naisha and I talking faith, politics, and entrepreneurship. Oh, I like that combination. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget the podcast, always available, and uh, you can access it on any major app at WYSL1040.com, also available on Amazon Music. Uh, boy, help me out here because I never use these things. Where are some of the other? iHeart. Tune in. Tune in, right. Apple Podcasts, right. Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Podcaster, Amp, all of them. We're on everyone. There you go. If you can't find us, you're just not trying. Uh, that's the Next Step Show for this week. Thanks for listening. See you next time.